There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bub and the Bloom, episode 56. We're talking about some lucky and unlucky starting pitchers based on metrics. Not saying that's what happens, but we will dig into them and check that out. We'll go over some recent news like prospects. Hey, shocker, more prospects to talk about around baseball. Tons of injuries. Again, shocker to talk around baseball. Our weekly game, which will recap a doozy of a pitching matchup last week and much, much more. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Bubba Bloom Pod. I am on Twitter at BDNTrick, and my co-host is always on Twitter at RyanBHQ. Ryan Bloomfield, how are you doing, my friend? Little little on edge, little on tilt right now, Bubba. As we record, we've got Nate Ovaldi coming out for his 26th straight scoreless inning. Uh, ninth inning against the A's as we podcast. So, um, I'm do- I know, I'm, I'm doing good. Um, we love to talk about all the pitcher blowups, but Nate Ovaldi's here to save us. Yeah, it's, it's it's really, really funny. I don't know if funny is the right word, but when you look at the good, the bad, and the ugly of the starting pitching world and some of the good, the fact that they're the good makes you go like, huh, <laughs> this is how the season's going for real. Like Eduardo Rodriguez, who we'll talk about later, like, and there's a lot of reasons to be like, oh, it's a fluky thing. We'll talk about it. But like he's up there. He's a top, like almost probably top five pitcher right now in baseball. Um, yep. You mentioned Eovaldi, who's doing his best Zach Gallon impression right now, which is pretty impressive. Uh there's there's a handful of dudes you're just like what is going on right now and then you got max scherzer and company which is not great either so um we will talk about some of that and let's just start out with the atlanta braves we'll start out with some bad injury news but at least we got some more clarity at least i'll I'll say that much because like last like earlier this week it's well max freed might pitch might get pushed back we don't know well no he went to the il and now they're saying he's going to be out for at least two months. He's going to be shut down probably for three to four weeks before he starts ramping up. They basically said he's going to ramp up like it's spring training again. So there's your two months, give or take. Uh, and then Kyle Wright's got the shoulder issue. It's really bad. He's going to be out for at least two months. And Kyle Wright himself said, I expect to be out longer than Max. So you know, do your math on that one. Wright's pretty much a drop for me. Was already dropped by me. Freed's the tough one. And that's what I want to talk about here because – Two months, you're hoping he comes back. There could be sets back. There's a lot of what-ifs, a lot of what-ifs with Max Freed. When he did start this year, elite. Still very, very good stuff. But, you know, two months is probably best-case scenario. We know how these pitching things work. 
So what are you handling? Like right now, I want to keep him on my bench as long as possible, but I could foresee a time when he might hit the waiver wires for me. It's really, I mean, it's easy to say hold uh, because Max Freed, when he's Max Freed, is is really good on a really good team and could still get you a really good second half. But um, it's hard. Like if you have, we were just uh, before the show looking at your team, one of your one of your teams in all the IL slots. Uh, that's a draft champions uh, league, but like it's really hard to stash these guys as injury, injuries are mounting. I, I mean. I don't know. I, I have Brandon Woodruff and I'm holding him and it's roughly the same timeline, like all-star break ish. I think Woodruff's a little bit better than freed, but like in a 15 team league, I think the replacement level and what you're getting in, in place of someone like freed is really shaky unless it is like a Yuri Perez or one of these prospects that we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, I don't know. I think the hard decision is like in a 12 team, or I think Freed, you definitely hold in a 15, a 12. It gets really tough. I, I might have to cut the core just because like it's a long time. And like you said, Bubba, I mean, there could easily be a setback in these two months. And yeah. So yeah. And no, right's I'm, definitely a cut across the board. Right's hundred percent cut. I'm leaning in my 12s that, like I said, I'm not going to force the cut, but you mentioned like if there's a Yuri Perez or there's one of these guys that um, I take it. Nate, you have already got the job done for you. So I'm going to take you out of the video. One more, okay. Well, we'll 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 know for sure. We'll get an announcement of some sort. But um, yeah, I think I will be dropping him sooner than later if the price is if the need is met. Basically, let's put it that way. The interesting but, thing, just looking back, and it's just funny when you have the benefit of hindsight with Kyle, right? Um, yeah, I know. I know we talked about this. It, it was the I guess in January when he had the cortisone shot in his shoulder. Um, and this, what has happened this year is like the worst possible outcome. Very similar thing to like a Luis Castillo or Zach Wheeler last year, which was like yeah. the best possible outcome. So it's just, I don't, I don't know if funny is the right word. It's just interesting to kind of look back at what the information we had back in January, February, and how ultimately that shakes out. And again, ultimately how little we know about injuries and how we're all pretty much kind of, guessing no matter how uh you know being humble we're, we're pretty much guessing yeah we're doing our best guess is the way i say like uh if, i feel like if i'm right 50 percent of the time i'm having a great year because like between ads drops all the good stuff we try to make decisions on i think it's pretty good because in the reality it's a dude playing baseball and if he's one for four he's a success so it's just it's it's a wild game we're trying to predict out there um, when you're talking the Atlanta Braves, though, obviously, with uh, I joked about it on the first pitch probably the other day. I'm like, you look at their roster resource page, and it's Spencer Strider, Charlie Morton, and Bryce Elder, who, like, not too long ago, everyone's like, oh, Bryce Elder's going back down. He can't stick in the rotation, blah, blah, blah. Well, what's one thing Ryan has said so many times in the preseason? Injuries will happen. Make sure you take the fifth, like, sixth, seventh, even eight starters or options in certain teams. Well, the Braves might be farther than that pretty soon. We've seen Jared Schuster. We've seen Dylan Dodd. Great spring trainings, not great debuts in the bigs. You'd imagine they're the next ones up, but you know you have another name written down here that could be back sooner than later. His rehab's been a little wonky in the minors. I'll say that much. Not the most ideal situation. But how would you approach this if you're looking to maybe grab one of the Braves replacements per se? So I don't think so. It's 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 Dylan Dodd. It's Jared Schuster. Mike Soroka. Like I don't think. Dodd, you can really roster at all. Seven fifty RA and triple A, six forty six RA. Yeah, it's it's just not good. It's not working. This that's one of those like 
you look back on someone you tried to stream and just it you'd rather take a zero so dodd for me is out jared schuster like also looked really bad who had those two starts at the beginning of the year and promptly got sent down to the minors pitched okay triple a like i'd maybe uh take a look at schuster and 15 teamers in a good matchup i do think soroka's like the most interesting of the three i you mentioned like that yeah the, atlanta's being a little bit cagey in terms of the news and like lengthening his rehab at triple a the numbers have been fine Soroka's got 19 Ks, five walks, uh, and 20 innings. I think he'll be up soon. I think Atlanta's just trying to kind of pace themselves with Soroka. And 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 because there's really nothing after these guys. So if I'm Atlanta, like you want to do everything you can to keep Soroka healthy. Um, I take a stab at Soroka as a stash and kind of hope that he's up within the next week or so. I think that's what will happen here. Yeah, I think that's a good call on if you're going to pick one. Yes, that would be the dude to target there. It's just, man, it's it's a rough go. Hopefully there's other options like one of these prospects that's coming up or whatnot that you can go take a chance on because it's, it's, uh, it's a rough, rough situation there. Another rough situation, let's just talk about it here, Mason Miller. Nate Ovaldi's ninth inning. Oh, did he get it done? No, he got pulled. Oh, no. He got pulled eight and two-thirds, Bubba. Oh, no. 12 Ks? 12 Ks. There you go. Good. Two base runners in the ninth, so they pulled him, which makes sense. I get it. Let's talk Mason Miller, one of your uh, acquisitions recently. Um, he's been dominant. We know what we've seen in the fastballs. I wouldn't know if dominant's the right word, actually, but been very, very good. Lived up to the hype for the most part. Actually, probably exceeded, exceeded it with the amount of innings he's already thrown so far. But um, after his last start in Kansas City, he got shipped back to Oakland because he had like elbow soreness, elbow tightness. It was a weird way they were talking about it. So he got sent back there. MRIs come back structurally clean. Everyone's happy about it. Good stuff. Um, they were He was going to throw, not, probably not put him on the IL. Well, on th- Thursday, he got put on the IL. And now there's a report coming out that he's going to get a second opinion on his right arm after going on the IL. Mark Kotze didn't want to give details. That was the, the, the thing I read from a beat reporter. So yeah. thoughts on Mason Miller, like structurally clean, but we're getting a second opinion means he played catch and it went South is the way I see it. And structurally clean doesn't, it sounds good. And again, not a doctor, but um, we've had a lot of injury folks out at first pitch Arizona actually talk about this exact thing where teams will say structurally clean um, because they're not that, that that's true. Um, but there's still something wrong. Uh, so you can, that both of those things can be true. It sounds like that might be happening with Mason Miller. It's very unfortunate. Yes, I did. It's funny. Like, um, I mentioned this, um, on the Rotowire podcast when I was on with Scott Jenstad is like, so I, I quote unquote, and I'll say this in air quotes, one Mason Miller in my main event fab for, uh, like $82, which was the lowest amount of any, uh, league in the main so yay all happy but like in fab it's you know it feels good that night when you get it but they've done nothing for you until they actually go out there and pitch and mason miller we all knew the risks here with the innings pitch and just having history of shoulder problems of injury problems and this is uh what happens so like i don't know i'm i'm waiting until i get more information even like this coming fab period if we don't know more about mason miller i'm still going to hold him but it does not look good and really oakland has zero reason to push at all with mason miller so 
yeah no it's i don't know it's not ideal i'm with you i kind of feel like he's this only going to get worse like the second opinion the mark kotzig will not comment on it really stood out to me i'm like yeah it's not good um there's just a lot of questions questions that's the way i'm gonna put it that would concern me if i were to be rostering mason miller right now um we don't care about the replacements in oakland either so um, no yeah we can uh we can move I, on i think they one. did i think oakland got their first i know oakland got their first starting pitcher win they got two. i think this past week they did they get two, two? When, they, when they were in kansas city i believe i believe it was two. oh yes of course it would be yep yep the royals it would be kansas city the first one i know it was um it was kyle muller and he gave up like five runs yep. and, they, and they still scored. got the win there's so much offense by the a's right now because of jj Bleday. but uh yeah we won't go there uh it's been impressive watching the a's do their thing um this was a bummer. This is this is like this is what is probably the worst part about a lot of these injuries is they're kind of almost bad enough. That's a bad way of kind of almost bad um, that they might be drops. That's why there's discussions. And this is Jose Alvarado, who is by far I'd say a top three reliever. Once I clear reliever in baseball to start the season, strikeout rates, all the stuff he's been doing. He was locking down games for the Phillies finally, and then he leaves with uh, an elbow issue. MRIs looked good. Again, similar to Mason Miller. Things look good. Um, Kimbrell's going to get his shots. Sir Anthony Dominguez has been great out of the bullpen. I think he's going to get some serious run, too. What are you doing here? Because I don't want to drop Jose Alvarado, but this seems like it's going to be a lingering or at least a, a while type thing. Yeah, I think you try and hold Alvarado if you can, but it's, um, yeah, like the words were like, it, it's definitely not going to be the minimum. Um, they're going to take it yeah. slow with them, and uh, you just... You're right, Bob, but like you'd almost, I don't know, you'd, you'd never want someone to be seriously injured, but it'd be a lot easier decision if Alvarado it's was like out. like when I said, they months. said Robbie Ray is having, I'm like, thank you. I can now drop you and just move on. <laughs> That's cold, man. It's cold, oh, I know. Man. I, what about I, Robbie Ray's family? I would rather him come back in two weeks and pitch for my team. As you can tell, I could use him. So, <laughs> but at least I could just move on. So, um, the, the Kimbrel Sir Anthony thing to me is interesting. I it's Kimbrel has pitched at least the game I watched this week after the Alvarado news came out. Kimbrel pitched after Dominguez. I forget if it was a leverage situation or whatever, but I do. Th- if I had to, um, if I had to pick one right now, it'd be Craig Kimbrel and his seven oh seven ERA, one fifty WHIP. Not not great, um, but and we'll. This is a, not a segue since we're not going there yet, but has suffered from the trifecta of, I think, misfortune. He's got a, a 330 Babbitt, Kimbrell does, 60% left on base, and 23% homer to fly ball. All three of those um, external factors are swinging wildly in the wrong direction for Craig Kimbrell. I think those will correct. He's got ERA estimators for Kimbrel are closer to like mid threes guy. So I'm this is not the Craig Kimbrel of old or anything like that. I'm not saying that, but I think Craig Kimbrel could actually be semi effective um, in the role, and so that'd be who I go after here. This is kind of fun looking at the Fangrass closers like uh, depth chart lately. So on what day is that? It'd be nice if that slid down with it on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, do do do. Where you go? Uh, Tuesday, Kimbrel got he pitched 14 innings, got nothing like the hold by Sir Anthony's hold by Soto. Kimbrel pitched 14 pitches in the ninth, and that was it. On Wednesday, it went Soto, then Sir Anthony, 
then Kimbrel came in and got the win. So that's kind of been that's the way the it's one going. I watched. That's the yeah, game I watched. Yeah. It's been Soto, Sir Anthony, Kimbrel so far in back-to-back games. So I think that's for now the way it goes, but we'll see. We'll see how that one continues to play out. And it's interesting too, like so the question is so if so if it is Kimbrel, um, what is that what does that fab bid look like? Because I it I mean probably because this is like the first um legitimate closer. Yeah, I maybe I shouldn't say the first, but like one of the few closers with the probably with the job who will be available uh this weekend in fab. So it's gonna be interesting. I know a lot of people out there are are hurting for saves or at least drafted around the assumption that they would be able to fab some saves. It's kind of ironic that Alvarado was that guy kind of snuck beneath the radar um, to become that closer, but it it will be interesting to see what uh, Kimbrell and Sir Anthony go for. I think those will be probably your biggest fab bids uh, depending what happens this weekend of a closer that we've seen because closers this year have been elite, man, pretty much across the board. You had that tweet go out that was pretty – yeah. Yeah. Telling. Pretty telling on the situation. There have been very few missteps uh, like Clay Holmes, maybe Scott Barlow, but not even Scott Barlow got a save. Or I think a win today, but he's still entrenched. I think in Kansas City, there are very few. Uh, I think like Jose Leclerc is probably the only one who's just been like straight bad and doesn't have yeah, a job. Will, anymore. Will Smith's got six saves now. He's just like ran away with that one. Yeah. Um, so, I'd say yeah. let's just have fun. 135 over under. Kimbrough, I'd probably hire. I was going to say 175. I toned it down because everyone spent so much money already. I'd say yeah, 135. I, I was going to say like between 70, 90, something like that. But who knows? Maybe Kimbrough gets two saves this weekend. And desperation, yeah, desperation does reek. And, and Fab, so. Fab has been absolutely bonkers this yep. year in terms of spending. Um, so will that continue or will people realize that, hey, I'm starting to run out of money? I think in the main event, Zach Waxman put this out. Um, think roughly half of the fab money in the main event has been spent already yeah no he did put that out. it's uh way ahead of schedule basically let's put it that way it's it's pretty wild the money that's been spent and there'll be a lot more this week and as we said for uh some yeah. other players we'll talk about in a minute but uh tyler molly officially going out for the year tommy john surgery uh, i tweeted it and twitter did its best you know annoyance thing i said oh it means it's officially bailey overseas I'm like oh it already was i said no or they asked what about louis varlin i said louis varlin will be in Miami's spot Ober had the first full-time spot. Marvin gets the second full-time spot. So when Maeda, you know, not rooting for it, but just saying, when Maeda disappears for the rest of the season, then that's Louis Varlin time. But again, this is now we can just move on from Tyler Molle and you can just lock in these guys. Um, Yeah, and there's not too much. Like, I think Varland and Ober are pretty much owned everywhere. I think 97% yeah. of 12-teamers. So there's not much there. It's crazy what little Minnesota got out of from a real baseball standpoint. I look back at that trade that they uh, made with the Reds. Dude, they gave up uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand, who's like Ooh, one good? of the hottest uh, hitting prospects in baseball and might be up in Cincinnati somewhat soon. Spencer Steer and then another prospect uh, for whatever they got out of Tyler Malley. Like that's, that is rough. That's a team that's like, I don't know. That's that's a team going for it, and you can't doubt them for it. But that's a team going for it, and it completely backfiring. Well, we, that's why a lot of people did say when the Reds, Reds made like three or four of those trades, like they traded Castillo and a bunch. The returns were pretty nice. They did well. Pretty they nice. Did very like the, well. The, the package, like 
all things like they, they got quantity, but they got quality too. Usually it's one or the other. They, they got, got Novi Marte in the Luis Castillo trade. Like yeah. they, they for us, and Cruz from one of them or no? And no. it's it's rough. And Ellie De La Cruz is in the system. I don't know. I don't think that was a no, well, that definitely was wasn't them. a Mariners trade. I don't yeah, know if was it was them. a any kind of trade, but like things are looking up in Cincinnati. Green, it was just Green Lodolo could learn how to pitch. Should be great. Hey, Lodolo will be absolutely fine. All right. Yeah. Okay. He's no Nate Evaldi. Uh, let's stay with the Twins here, though. Jose Miranda got sent back to AAA, hitting around the Mendoza line, playing horrific defense. Um, he's gone, and I really don't know what he's. You know, it's bad when Kyle Farmer's your replacement. Like, yep, that's an upgrade right now, boys. So, yeah. uh, and it's an upgrade for my DC team. So I appreciate it. Um, what's your thoughts on this? Because I wasn't a Miranda guy. Period. I was off on Miranda all season. So this, he just, I don't know. It didn't didn't pan out for him. It's the nicest way I'll say it. And it's really bad because, like, what does Minnesota really have <laughs> to replace him? Like, they must really be down on on Miranda, uh, as you were before draft season. But like, it's um, they're they're bringing up, I guess, Kyle Farmer, um, who Homer today. Yes, that's right. That's but right. I don't know about his long term prowess. Um, Donovan Solano, D- maybe D- Willie D- Castro. Rob like Pietro in the trap means the biggest part. This is the one. Royce Lewis time, which is yeah. good for one of your teams. Yep. Grabbed him in labor where you have unlimited IL and can stash. Yes, Royce Lewis seems to be ahead of schedule if he's already yep. playing games, especially at double A. So that's, originally it was that's probably the plan. Break, so, yeah, he's coming back soon. He got the Bryce Harper treatment, so that's good. Good to see. Um, so, yeah, Royce Lewis would be the dude. Um, a couple call-ups that we'll talk about real quick. Yuri Perez is going to make his debut for the Marlins on Friday, going up against the Reds, ironically. Uh, Yuri, six, all six, eight of them, 20 years old. If you haven't seen the video of Sandy Alcantara telling them he's coming up, that's pretty cool stuff, especially when you know that Sandy spent all offseason with Yuri, like working on his pitching and just making him more of a professional ball player, basically. So uh, dude's got electric strikeout stuff. Walks have been a thing off and on. But the strikeout stuff, like literally everywhere he's been, it's around 30, 35% or better. It's crazy stuff. But 20 years old. So another Mason Miller type thing. What's your thoughts here? Oh, I hope it doesn't end like that. I meant, I meant Bryce Miller. Sorry, Bryce Miller. Oh, Bryce. 20 year old at a double A. Which we still don't know how that will end. But um, yeah, it, that that is a pretty good comp. Bryce Miller, 20, I guess, has a lot more innings last year. Like a a ton more. A ton more. Yuri had That's, about 75 ish, give or take, last year. He's already thrown yeah. 30 in double A. So you're hoping for what, 70 to 80 in the bigs, maybe? through yeah upper 70s last year so that's kind of it's not quite mason miller volume um worries it's more like yeah he's already got 30 so how much is uh miami gonna push him it's funny we said this or at least i said this last week it's like oh bryce miller is not gonna go for who was the you know every week's a new prized top prospect pitcher Last week I said, ah, oh, Bryce Miller, there's no way he's going to go like for Bybee prices, for Tosh Bradley prices. I think Bryce Miller was the most expensive. He was the most. He's the most. Uh, Granted, that was the Sunday, like that Sunday before Fab, he did uh, he did shut down the Houston Astros, which always helps uh, to get that second data point against a far better lineup than than Oakland in his debut. But um, anyway, uh, Yuri Perez will be, I, I fully, we'll see what happens on Friday. Uh, when Perez makes his debut, but if that debut looks looks good, it, it's going to be another 
$250-$300 player, I think. I mean, that's just what's been happening every single week uh, with starting pitching going down. I feel like I've broken record saying this every week. Everybody needs starters. Everyone's getting blown up or hurt. Um, teams that lost Max Freed this week, you better – believe that's they're going to be in line option to get option. Yuri Perez. So, um it's going to be it's going to be bananas yet again. Yep, most definitely. Uh last guy I'll mention here cuz you know there's the Mervises of the world that and there's the uh Morels of the world. Morels only like 16% rostered in OCs, so he's still out there playing times a concern to say the least. But we'll talk Casey Schmidt of my Giants got called up. He had his second home run in his third game tonight on Thursday at absolute like 440 down the line, second decker in uh, Arizona, got three hits. Um, they showed a stat, actually. It was pretty impressive. He now has eight hits in his first three games, like second best in Giants history. All, you know, that team has Willie Mays on it, stuff like that. So then by no means does that mean he's going to be a great long-term player. Because I remember they they also showed on the home run chart, uh, Bowker. Anybody remembers Bowker? Like he was the next big thing in, in San Francisco, and that faded quickly. But, I don't um, even remember that. Yeah, John Bowker. He resembled the uh, guy that played Barry Bonds on MLB The Show, or not The oh. Show, MVP Baseball. He, he resembled him quite a bit. Um, but Casey Schmidt gets called up to play in the infield with some of the injuries. Uh, Crawford's due back within the next week, hopefully, if they play their, if everything goes well. We'll see. I kind of would hope Crawford would just be like, hey, let the kid play. That would be my thing. Schmidt tore it up in spring training, kind of got people thinking he might take third base from David VR. That did not happen, so he's been playing primarily shortstop in the minors. His defense is outstanding. That's one thing the Giants need a lot of. Great glove, hits for a good average. Power numbers, were, I've heard a lot of people question the power numbers, and they've been inconsistent in the minor leagues, but um, they're better than I think people think. I'll say that much, and he's kind of showcased it in two games. They're, they're not like they're throwing him nasty stuff in his first few at-bats, but I think he's better than people think. I would, My only thing I'll say, and I could be totally wrong, but this is my cautiousness, I am concerned that when Brandon Crawford comes back, Casey Schmidt takes a hit here. So that's my only concern if you're putting fab dollars out this week. Don't, like, it's been a great week. You don't get these stats. Just remember that. This is like, this is one you struggle with, man. Because like, so you were talking about, and so I, yeah, certainly trust uh, what you think from a playing time standpoint as, as the Giants guy in the podcast. But yeah, the inconsistency in the minors, 17 home runs from Casey Schmidt in 2022. Sorry, 20 home runs in last year. 17 were in single A. Yeah, 17 in single A. This year, 145 plate appearances in triple A, one home run. However, he has already hit a ball 107.8 miles an hour in his first eight plate appearances. And then he hit another ball tonight which was just smoked because I was watching it 111 miles an hour. So like those two batted balls mean something. Um, you can't say there's no power here when someone has 108, 111, you know, you know, maybe the, maybe those are his two hardest hit balls that he hits all year. And it just happened in this 10 plate appearance segment or whatever, but like there is power there. Um, the interesting thing with Schmidt that I noticed too, is the drop in the K rate. Um, it, you know, at triple A to have a sub 20% K rate, it's pretty good. If he can pair that with the power that we're seeing so far, he's at least like a, I don't know, a modest fab bid if, if the playing time's there, but that's well, here, 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 the here's the other, like, I'll give the boost here. If you want to believe in the skill set, which I do believe in, he could take David VR spot. They could send him back to triple A when Crawford comes back. That's an, a completely possible situation. Plus let's be real. Crawford won't stay healthy. 
Flores will probably hit the IL at some time. Like there's moving pieces with the Giants where this is just going to play out that way. So keep that in mind as well. And with like, I mean, you mentioned the defense. I mean, with Alex Cobb, with Logan Webb, like with all those ground oh, balls, yeah, exactly. I mean, you that that has a ton, a ton of value, um, yeah, it, non-fantasy wise. But if it 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 is fantasy relevant, if it does result in playing time. time. Yeah, and like Thyro's actually playing good defense at second base. People are like, shocked by that. He's playing good there. He struggles at short. So there's AKA Casey Schmidt or Crawford. Then you can go to third base where JD Davis is playing good defense at third. And now uh, Lamont Wade's hitting. So they're playing him at first. That's why it's like, it's not an embarrassment of riches. They're not riches. It's just an embarrassment of bodies, I guess, for the Giants. An embarrassment of bodies. I like that. Yeah, an embarrassment of bodies for the Giants. And uh, we'll see how it plays out because at least it's not Dusty Baker or it's veterans are going to get everything no matter what let's put it that way but uh yeah i would i like casey Schmidt. this is what this is one of those that i could i won't argue if you want to go high or low on him because like i could see him sticking like like i said going to third base or something i could see him being triple a again by next wednesday so it's a very very tough one he's gonna have an impact at some point this year i know that for a fact so that that will happen um all right let's talk game time someone won both categories last week um, took took a little little bit of a lead in our competition. Uh, would you like to review Brutal. things, Ryan, or do you want we'll skip to skip this part, man? <laughs> uh, my, hitter, my hitters did great. The hitters did. The hitters it, did pretty good. So Bubba, you, uh, yeah, you beat me out. Ezekiel Duran over Eddie Rosario. It was. I thought last week was Eddie Eddie Rosario week. Yeah. It was kind of front loaded. He did a, a bunch of damage early in the week over the weekend not so much just four walks and total bases to your ezekiel duran who hit a homer i think on sunday to seal the yep. deal for you uh the a, pitching side it was a great game too did you see who pitched the opposite that game on sunday quiet <laughs> quiet i was hoping for again not hoping for injury but jose suarez got so Brad Keller got nuked, got you yeah. negative points. I could have just like oh. Jose Suarez could have been scratched and I would have won. Yep. Uh, but Jose Suarez decided to do Jose Suarez things and gave up negative more negative points than you. So you by default, I guess, win pitching. Negative point seven to negative one point three. It's impressive. So that's uh yeah, that's good. Okay, so I'll, I'll I'll propose the rule right now that I texted you about, but I said we'll do it on the show because um, you showed the part of the text where I said technically I won, but nobody won this week. <laughs> yeah, um, which I which I I think should be the slogan for the pod, man. Yeah, yeah, or at least for this segment of the pod, <laughs> nobody wins. Um, but the rule because Ryan plays golf and understands this, and some others do too. Like you play skins with your friends, you know, whoever wins the hole gets the money on that hole. Blah blah blah, whatever. The rule that a group of us instituted in the last like six months or so when we sit there and have drinks afterwards and divvy up the money is you are not eligible to win a skin if you did not get a par or better. You can't win a hole with a bogey. So the whole point is you can't win a hole with a bad score. That's the way we look at it. So we need to institute some number. Does it have any any even number? Does it have to be like whatever? I don't care. Zero. Uh, the zero or be... better. No yeah, negatives. Yeah. No negatives. So it's, negative. like the par. it's like par. If you can shoot par or better with your pitcher, you can win. If you're below par, no one wins. On it, you, you can even take it away from that last week. I'm fine with that. That's that's disgusting. That's a bad win. Jose Suarez left due to injury after giving yeah. up a home run his last pitch. He would have been positive and it would have won if he would have left. Oh, it was funny too because they had early. an injury. They came out and checked him out like two batters before he finally left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So you're anyway. allowed to take that off if you'd like. I would be fine no, with that. No, no, um, I'll, I'll wear it. That was that was a bad. That's, that's I, I thought he bad. he like I said he looked really good to start before. Though not really good. He looked passable uh, to start before that. And there's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Never. Yeah. All right. Let's talk Moving about on. this weekend, though. Let's move on. You know, Friday through Sunday, as usual, we have a cooler series uh, against Philadelphia. That's a phone. Ranger Soros makes his return from the IL and goes to Coors. That's always a great thing. Ouch. Um, overall, I'll say the pitching options because we pick people that are sub 50% rostered in OCs. Pitching, as usual, not good. It's a lot of like actual kind of aces pitching this weekend. So they're all rostered all over the place. Um, hitting has a few spots. What are you? What schedules are you looking at that stood out to you? A bunch of good schedules. So you mentioned the Coors series, so that's always you know something you're interested in. Brewers have a great schedule: three righties, Josh Taylor, Zach Greinke, and Jordan Lyles of Kansas City. So like any lefty Brewers that you have uh, or are available this weekend, I think are fantastic plays. Same, I think, for the White Sox. You would think like you see against Houston, and it's like, oh, okay, I don't want to touch that. But they miss Framber Valdez. Um, White Sox get three righties, J.P. France, Brandon Belock, and Hunter Brown. So I think any lefties on the White Sox, hint, hint, are good plays this weekend. Um, the other Sox, Red Sox, pretty good as well. They go to St. Louis, who is just an absolute train wreck. We could have a whole podcast about the Cardinals and what's been going on there. But one of their problems has been rotation depth and uh, Boston gets Wainwright, Steven Matz and Miles Michaelis this weekend. So those were a few that uh, at least stood out to me. Dude, I just saw your hitter pick. I like it. I like it a lot. That's big boy stuff. So let's get at it. Let's talk about your picks since I just kind of preluded it. I'll give you the first, the floor here on this one. And for those of them that were at AFL two years ago, it'll make so much more sense to you. My, my, not illegitimate is not the right word. My, um... <laughs> no, Joey Weimer is not your <laughs> illegitimate child. But uh, uh, what do you got on Joey Weimer for the weekend? He's, he's, 
Just the beast. And I haven't had a drink all night, folks. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. Um, this is more of just like highlighting Joey Weimer. So yes, the matchup is is great. Joey Weimer is a righty and you know going against three righties, but I don't that doesn't matter. Joey Weimer is the everyday center fielder right now with that Garrett Mitchell injury and looking pretty good. Like the K rates manageable. The thing with Weimer is like the power speed tools are fantastic. We saw that in the AFL when he became like the mascot of uh of of not not the illegitimate child but the mascot of of first pitch 2021 he just looked freaking awesome and had a fan club and it was it was a great time uh but yeah the power speed combo is fantastic five steals six attempts for me it's the k rate at 24 percent, which like isn't isn't great it's right around average but for someone with the power and speed that joey weimer has if he can hold even just like a slightly below average, slightly worse than average, I should say, strikeout rate. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to get you a lot of homers, a lot of bags. And um, so it's more just to highlight Weimer as, a, I think, a pretty pretty good pickup, even in in, in 12-teamers. But I, he's my guy this weekend. Yeah, that's why it wasn't just like obviously the AFL story, but I was on the same page with you of uh... – how well he's been playing lately. I think it's kind of going under the radar a bit, not completely because I've obviously uh, people have talked about it, especially like James Anderson and some other guys have highlighted how great his defense is. And now he's getting comfortable and you can see the hit tool starting to show up, like you mentioned. So those matchups in Kansas city are some pretty juicy ones. So that's a, a very, very nice one. You kind of hinted at the Chicago white Sox matchup this weekend. And let's reiterate the beautiful situation they get. They get, uh, JP France, it's not beautiful, but France, Belak, Hunter Brown. Like they're decent starters, but it's three straight righties. That means you got Gavin Sheets playing every day, hitting fourth yeah. or fifth for the White Sox in the month of May. It's safely in six of eight games. We play walks and total bases. He's even got a 10% walk rate. Um, you know, a couple home runs, a double. Homer on Monday. Yep, he's got some power. This is a guy that does hit righties extremely well. So, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of like I, I was streaming him in NFC this week. I was getting him for like less than five, Same. six bucks in 12 teamers just to like run him out there because they had seven righties this week. So, uh, this is the cap off one of the, Gavin Sheets has like three weeks a year where he does this, where he's like serviceable because they have all these righties and you forget about him for about a bit and he's back. This is one of them. So, I'm gonna go Gavin Sheets thinking two extra base hits, a walk, and a single. So I'm thinking about nine points or so, maybe a little more this week. That's what I'm shooting for with Gavin Sheets. I'm calling my shot. Double or nothing with the over-under on number of points. Uh, <laughs> now, Sheets was a great pickup. I, I grabbed him in a bunch of 15-teamers because it was the the seven-game week against all right-handers. Like, and I think even going forward, I don't know if he plays against lefties. We'll see. Not but with the Eloy injury, um, he's – I mean, Gavin Sheets is – He's going to play, I think, every day against right-handers, and who knows what happens against lefties if they ever if they ever face another lefty again. I don't know. Um, but good pick. I like it. I like it. He's cut down. The plate skills look really good so far this year. Power hasn't been there yet, but maybe he's maybe he's trading off a little bit or he just, you know, it's early. Um, so okay. we'll see. And I'll kick off the pitching side of things here, especially since yeah, I got a text should. message. I got a text message going. You should. Who the hell is your? You should have tweeted that. I, right now. <laughs> I legitimately, I saw your pick, and I legitimately had never heard of this guy. I thought yeah. he was a relative. Uh, I thought it was Cole Urban. Okay, apparently, it's not. I don't even know if they're related, but 
Um, it's, it's funny you say and, that because I found out about him in DFS when he made his debut against the Cubs. It was the same day like a couple other big time prospects were debuting, so he really got like pushed under the mat because he's not a big time prospect. He's decent, don't get me wrong. Like he's had his moments. And we're talking Jake Irvin here, folks. Um, he you know he threw twenty two innings in AAA this year. Last year between single and double A, he threw over hundred innings, which is plus he's through one hundred twenty eight in two thousand nineteen. Uh, ratios were not ideal. He's kind of a caper nine type dude. Walks a little too many guys. This year in Triple A uh, had some massive walk issues that has carried over to the bigs. So that was my concern with him in DFS. But then, like you stack against him, and he's like the annoying Zach Greinke type, where he does just enough not to get hurt. Like four and a third against the Cubs, one earned run on two hits, four walks, and three Ks. But then against the Giants, this is where I actually watched him pitch, and I'm sitting there going, "Okay, he's not dominant, but he's pitching." And he's not throwing. And he went six and a third, four hits, no runs, three walks, five strikeouts. Uh, I looked at that thinking, okay, let's just be, let's just put it in half. Give me five innings, one run, four strikeouts, eight points. And I don't know what positive numbers look like in the pitching department these days. So uh, that seems promising to me. He gets the New York Mets, a team that's obviously better than the Giants, but they're also a team that's not like clicking on all cylinders right now. Let's be honest with that. Sunday getaway day. You never know what line if you're going to get out there. Trying to be optimistic and paint a picture here, folks. But uh, Jake Irvin is the one I went with. I almost, I'll, I'll say my runner-up pick, almost went uh, Belak. Almost went Belak. Yeah, that was close. But I went with Jake Irvin. So who's your pitcher? Um, JP Sears. JP Sears is has a 5.54 ERA, but a 118 WHIP. There's been a lot of uh, bad home run problems, and when you have a 57% fly ball rate, as JP Sears has, that's that's not going to end well usually. However, JP Sears, three of his last four starts have been on the road this weekend. He goes back home in Oakland, so the, that 57% fly ball rate should result in more outs than homers, and really just like. 38 Ks to eight walks. I mean, that that's that's really good. He's Sears is stretched out. He can go 100 innings or 100 pitches, I should say. Um, hopefully, he goes 100 innings this year. Uh, probably not going to get a win, but doesn't really matter too much. Um, I like I like Sears. He was a he was a pretty popular um, streamer recently, so I I like him. Um, I think that there's he's one of the like sweeper generation guys throwing a sweeper a lot more fading his changeup. So there's been a little bit of a pitch mix change and the skills look again. I'm not going to say like great, but he misses bats. He throws strikes. And really, that's, you know, that's what you want when you're streaming. So um, yeah. I'm going serious. And, and unlike Jake Irvin, I had heard of him coming in <laughs> and can confirm he's a real person. Oh, but back to I think I forgot to say what I started with. When I first saw Irvin's name for Washington on the first DFS slate, I thought it was Cole you Irvin. Thought Cole think. Irvin, like yeah, because DFA you know he got sent to AAA Nats. with Baltimore. I'm like, he probably got bounced. The Nats picked him up because they just want like the Corbins and everything of the world. I so thought it was Cole Irvin, and then I clicked on it. I'm like, I think Cole Irvin. <laughs> are they I'm are like, they related? Guys, I didn't do that deep dive. I. I need Come to call on, up the uh, yeah. I sorry, I let everybody down. I apologize. I'll I'll look into that while you talk about your bloom board coming up right now. Um, I love the term luck because I th- believe that a lot of things like luck might not be the right word, but I like I, I believe in a lot of luck. It tilts so many people though. That's the best part about saying luck and unlucky. But these stats are luck based stats, give or take. So we're going back to pitching because that's what's so fun this year. Why don't you let everybody know about this bloom board? Because and one thing I'll say is it's funny, Ryan. A couple of weeks ago, we did like a pitching thing and about like about bad pitchers and everyone had a million questions. 
We asked for questions on this board. I'm pretty sure the only questions we had involved the bad pitchers also, <laughs> not the good pitchers. So Misery uh, loves company. Yep. So uh, what's what do we got going on on this board? Well, first off, let's close the loop. Cole Irvin, born in 1994 in Anaheim. Jake Irvin, born in 1997 in Bloomington, Minnesota. So probably not related. father a traveling businessman? Probably not related. I don't know what Papa Irvin's up to, but (laughs) three years apart, that's a chance. Yeah. Um, Bloom board me. Yeah. All right. So the bloom board. So yes, uh, saying the word luck and, and it's, I don't know. It's tough, but I, I've, I've always in research has pretty much held up over time on these that pitchers pretty much once a ball's put into play, there are three things that three external factors um, that they pretty much don't have control or there's always exceptions, but as a whole in the aggregate, a pitcher cannot really control their BABIP. Batting average on balls in play, league average is, right of, of that is around 300 every year. Um, left on base percentage or strand rate is how often you leave runners on base on on base and don't score. League average for that is 72. percent Research has shown a pitcher doesn't really control that either. Um, that tends to regress back to the league average as opposed to a pitcher's uh, statistical baseline, meaning it's more luck than skill. Um, and same thing for homer to fly ball rate. And this is what really gets some folks is the home runs. Um, and I know ballparks and this is why, like we always say contacts with, with these bloom boards. And that's why we talk through them. Um, home run to fly ball rate is research has shown largely out of a pitcher's control. Um, so those three factors, what I wanted, and th- these are the three things I always look at when looking at and what you'll see when you say, you know, when you hear that a pitcher is out pitching his skills or the skills look better than, um, you know, what he's been doing. That's why you've got some kind of wild swing and, and bad home runs at the wrong time. So you're giving up homers with guys on base or just, you know, seeing I hits, um, you know, watching games, we know what happens there. So what I wanted to do with this board is look at both sides, what I call the trifecta, of pitchers that were either above average in all three or better than average in all three and worse than average in all three with the thought being that the guys who have been worse than league average in all three will likely be better going forward those numbers will likely regress back to the league average and they'll be better and then vice versa for the guys who have been very fortunate i'm looking at you yanni chirinos with a 2.22 era and more walks than strikeouts. So um, that's the general gist for this uh, for this board. Yeah, calling them luck factors, I I don't know, but that's just the term I've always used. Oh, no, I I luck. use it all the time, but you know what I mean? Like certain people say yeah. that, and you yep. freaking full tilt. I'm like, it, eh, yeah. it's kind of what they're showing. They're like, Babip is a partly luck, 100% on that one. Babip um, is very much luck. Yeah, so it, that's why I'm just like trying to say the nice way. So, yeah. That's a pitcher can control ground ball, fly ball. Um, even like when we say barrels and hard hit against a pitcher year to year, that stuff does not really stick again for a few guys. They may have like bad hard hit rates given up over a couple years. They could have just flipped tails, gotten unlucky a couple years in a row. Like the, actually the quality, and it's not very intuitive, but we, we, we update these numbers every year and it, it shows. Yep. Yes, it does. 
Well, let's start with the big one that we had a lot of questions on right out the gate. Well, that his name is Brady Singer. And um, oh, real quick, I did the math. Um, Cole Urban's parents are Chris and Sandy. He has a brother, Dale. And Jake's parents are Deb and Dave. So we're in the clear on that one. Oh, I, I, did, I did a little more nice. digging while you were talking. So not related, at least not brothers. Brothers, They might be cousins, but not brothers. That's, um, why, you, that's why you come to the podcast with your urban. We're here for the urban and urban news. Um, Brady Singer. He uh, has been full tilt because he had that masterful year last year. People were like, okay, he figured it out. I thought he was pretty good too. Um, today he threw six innings, five hits, one earned, two walks, four Ks. Our buddy Ben Ted was like, yeah, the line looks good, but the overall stuff still was the problem he's had all year. Um, ERA is 882, Babbitt 347, 51% left on base. Cato walks only 13.5%. He's got the 882 ERA, but a 439X FIP, so it's like cut it in half, which is nice. So what are you seeing here? Because my biggest concern with him, and I think we've talked about it on this show. I know I talked about it elsewhere. He throws basically his fastball or his sinker or whatever the heck you want to call it way too often and um and uh it's way too hittable he leaves it right in the middle of the plate he needs he needs to do like the beaver situation and locate it on the corners and get called strikes he's not getting the called strikes right now that's his big bummer so when you see brady singer and you have opposite colors on this by the way on the one you gave me um Uh, what do you want to what do you think about brady singer um i feel like brady singer so this is where it's interesting. It's like, yeah, 882 ERA. That went down today because he looked pretty good. Um, but like you can, two things can be true. You can be unlucky, which Brady Singer has been. I mean, if, if half of the runners that he allows on base eventually score. That is like, that's one of the lowest in the league, 50% left on base. You combine that with a 350 BABIP. So runners are getting on base and there's and half of them are scoring. Like, yes, you're going to have a nine ERA. For the reasons you just mentioned, Bubba, like you can, your true skill level can still be pretty bad. And I think that's where Brady Singer's at. Like today was the blueprint. Thursday's start, I shouldn't say today, the pod comes out Friday. Uh, Thursday's start is like what you want from Brady Singer. That's that's peak Singer, where like you said, you get all those called strikes. He's he's such a command guy. Um, you're never really going to get many whiffs, even, even in the start on Thursday, seven whiffs and 80 pitches. Like that's not really that great, but 30% called swinging strike, which is, which is vintage singer. Um, I think in 15 teamers, you still have to hold cause, um, Ben had brought up a great point. It's like, well, where else are you going to go? <laughs> what else, what else are you going to, who are you going to pick up in place of Brady singer? Um, so I think in a 12-teamer, you can absolutely cut Singer. I think you need more Ks than what Brady Singer provides. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if he was around like a four ERA with a few wins in Kansas City, but not really many strikeouts. Again, that's serviceable in deep leagues, like probably one of your last starting pitchers, but nothing to totally be excited about. So, yes, like when you see Brady Singer at the top of a board, uh, unlucky pitcher doesn't mean you know he can regress to what – he's his true skill level is and that's still not very good yeah that's my only concern is i think last year was like the uh the ceiling season obviously and maybe in between that and the year before would be great maybe that's what his xfip and stuff's telling you like that's where we're going to regress to when it comes to brady singer so but yeah ben's point a 15 team or where are you gonna go this dude pitches every fifth day he's gonna throw five or six innings you just hope it's not a blow up and that's where it gets rough Speaking of blowups, another common name besides, besides questions tonight and just in general all over fantasy baseball content is Lance Lynn. Oh, 
This is one I've had to talk about and ask questions on even on the first pitch podcast on Thursday morning. I was trying to throw our Wednesday, whenever he pitched last, I was trying to throw love for Lance Lynn. And I still believe it. That's the crappy part about this. You know, you look at it, seven six or a 7.5 ERA, 364 BABIP, which is a one big sign for me compared to his normal BABIP. Yep. Um, a 62% left on base rate, 22% home run of foul. These are all way above his norm. Just put it that way. Um, and then he's got the 18.4% K to walk, which is pretty darn good. We want 20 or better with 18.4. Considering the other factors, I think it's very good. 385 XFIP is outstanding. He just like go down. If you just look at his fan graphs, his savant, go to pitch leaderboard, whatever you want to do. There's to me, and maybe I'm just being too optimistic. And I don't have a lot of shares of Lynn. I like Lynn. I have a few. I just think there's so much more there from him. The fact he's still getting strikeouts is what's got it going for me. Cause like, if you look at his game logs, it's, yep. it's, it's like one bad inning here, maybe a couple kind of bad innings, but he's still punching dudes out. He's, he's got to keep the ball in the darn ballpark. That's the biggest thing for me. Keep it in the ballpark. Hopefully limit the BABIP. And he's going to be glorious. That's asking a lot potentially. But what are you seeing when you look at the Lance Lane? Because I'm still holding. I told people finally, I said, okay, don't start him if you don't want to. But I find it really hard to drop him. Unless, say, you are getting a Bryce Miller. Or like, what do you want? if you just want to jump and go that way, fine. But tell me you're finding the – like, if you're taking, you know, Jake Irvin on two-star week, you're freaking crazy. So that that's kind of where yeah. I'm going with it. And we all thought like <laughs> we we all thought the Kansas City start this week was yeah it. I thought that was like, the one that was it Lance Lynn yes was terrible Lance Lynn in two starts before the Kansas City start one against against Tampa and at Cincinnati so in Great American Small Park eighteen Ks and two walks gave up four and runs in each of those starts but like that's really tough competition and he's got Kansas City this week so like let's do this and then gives up seven and runs to Kansas City. It is mid-May. It is extremely hard. I know it's extremely hard to hold on to this guy, but for all the reasons you just stated, the, the Ks are still there. The whiffs are still there. I'm holding. I'm holding. I think you have to hold. This is going to turn around. I And, and not to the point of like a Brady Singer. I think Lance Lynn is still a good pitcher. Very good pitcher, yes. It's you. just things are happening at the wrong time. Lance Lynn has had a long career. His highest home run to fly ball rate that he's had in his entire career is 14%. Yep. That number is at 22. Uh, 22% yep. right now. Um, like it's just, it, it, and it, it's not to say like that's going to correct and it's going to be like 10% the rest of the way, but it's not going to stay this high. And once that goes down a little bit, um, the Babip, the Babip, the career worst Babip for Lance Lynn is like 340 up until this year when he's got 370. So like it's just, I don't know. Everything's happening at the wrong time. I know it's tough. I have Lance Lynn in a 15 teamer in my main event. I'll see if I'm starting him. Oh, I'm not even thinking about cutting him in a 15 teamer. You are starting him next week. That's what I was looking at when you're talking. I started talking. Why? Who's he got? Two step. Oh God. Cleveland and Kansas City. <laughs> So like that's why I started laughing as I was looking just to just to get the idea of like do we bench him next week and I'm like no we're starting him we're doing this again we are <laughs> we're coming back for more pain man yeah yep two step Cleveland and Kansas City and yeah it's a Tuesday and a Sunday start and they're both at home in Chicago yeah I'm starting them yep and yeah. he goes up against Bieber and against Keller so at least he has a good chance of a win on Sunday. 
Yeah, it's 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 unreal. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned it. Like you look at some of these guys, goods and the bads, and like you can point at certain things. With Lance Lynn, it's like if he wasn't striking guys out, you'd be like, okay, well, this influx on every other stat in his career. Okay, this might be a problem. He might be broken. Cool. But the fact he's still super effective at like some of the important things make you realize the other things that can more volatility in them could come back to earth. And that's where I'm pretty pumped on Lance Lynn. So honestly, if you're in a league that can trade, because I know we're kind of talking NFC, I'd trade for him personally. I'd buy low on Lance Lynn. That's my like, two cents. The whoever has Lance Lynn in your in your league is probably so pissed yep. at the guy. <laughs> Rightfully so. Um, I think it's worth the worth a shot. Yeah, I'd start a conversation. Let's put it that way. Let's see what you can get out of it. Um, let's talk Chris Sale. Chris Sale's a fun one because he was pumping cheddar his last start. He looked like Chris Sale his last start because I was kind of wavery. Like every time he come out, he looked good, but had these issues. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if he's healthy yet. What's going on? And it might have just been one ramped up start. Like I'd like to see it one more time possibly. Yeah, but he was filthy, absolutely filthy. But almost a 6'4 ERA, a pl- 372 Babbitt. 61% left on base, 16% home in the fly ball, but he's got the 21.2% K to walk. He's got a great XFIP. I think you got to believe in Chris Sale. I know he's coming off the injuries. So there's a little more, I guess, caveats involved there, but I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm back in. Back in for now. Don't prove me wrong, Chris. Yeah. Like, so the only, uh, f- so full agree. Uh, Chris Sale has, I mean, even better skills, underlying skills than Lance Lynn. And like you said, with the last start, man, velocity was up two ticks, 17 whiffs, 10 Ks. One walk at Philly, like that's that's crazy. And ninety-eight pitches, two inning, two outings in a row with ninety-eight pitches, two wins. Like I, I think regression is already is already coming for Chris Sale, and it's glorious. The only thing I'll mention with Chris Sale is he's definitely for me not out of the woods from a workload standpoint. Like I'm, I I don't know how this. So yes, he's fully stretched out right now for Boston. How does this look in the in the second half? Chris Sale pitched six yeah. innings last year, pitched 43 innings in 2021. Um, what does innings 130 through 160 look like if Chris Sale even gets that far? So that's part of the problem is like when you drafted Chris Sale, you were hoping for like a lot of front-loaded production, and you've kind of missed that a little bit. But um, from a pure like skill standpoint, skills versus results, this is like an ultimate. It's like I said, it's already happening. Um, ultimate case where uh, the results are going to catch up to the skills. Yep, yep. Uh, and a great point on the second half thing. That's going to be the uh, interesting factor there with Boston. Especially if they're out of it, what are they doing? So that'll be fun. Last guy I want to mention in this group, and just because it was such a rough start to the year, everybody wanted to draft him out of spring training. But if you look at Clark Schmidt's recent performances, there are signs of positivity. Uh, he's got a 5.35 ERA, 3.80 Babbitt, which is insanity. Like he's almost got an Ichiro Babbitt right now. Um, that, that's pretty crazy stuff. 69% not nice left on base percentage, 20% home run to fly ball. But I was looking like his last three out of his last four starts, two earned runs or less, which is good. Seven or more Ks in those starts. Uh, still has a little bit of an issue with the long ball and some walks, but overall. Things seem to be improving, but I, I'm having trouble still buying in completely. So what's your thoughts on Clark Schmidt? Um, no, I think you covered it well. I think he had, yeah, Clark Schmidt's second and third starts of the season were really bad. Um, and again, it happened. You can't throw those away. But this is someone where, like, the the trend is looking good uh, with all of those strikeout numbers that you mentioned and the earn runs down. 
in his last few starts. So uh, Clark Schmidt, I think, is going to be one of those guys where not only are the skills outpacing the results, but the results look worse for him than they would for most guys because of the rough start just kind of outweighing uh, his numbers. So, um, yeah, I like Clark Schmidt as a as a buy um, pretty much in any format. There's one on here I don't think, and that's Ross Stripling. Oh, he's done. Don't touch him with a 10-foot pole. It's 666 ERA is cryptic that's, enough. That's, you I don't say that's it. pretty, pretty freaking spot on. Yeah. Uh, just because, just with the, I don't even need stats. The eye test watching him pitch right now as a Giants fan. I literally, please, someone come back healthy soon. Please. So it's funny. I've got, I've got a, a, a question for you. You were just alluding to this with like taking zeros and pitchers. So I, in my main, I've got Mason Miller, who on Monday was, uh, you know, we, we got the news and I had, it was later in the day, I guess. So I didn't have like some guys were locked. I had one option. I could either bench Mason Miller and put in Ross Tripling or just leave Mason Miller in. Just what leave would you Mason have done? Miller in. Just leave <laughs> Mason like, like you shouldn't have Ross Tripling on your roster to begin with, but I get it. <laughs> I get it. It's a 15. It's a 15. So you know, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't even be in that predicament anyway. No, this shouldn't no, be an issue. I like, already screwed you, up. You should, you should have a seventh inning reliever over Ross Tripling right about now. It's it's like I'm not even kidding. Just watching him pitch right now, he had I think like one good outing, one, and it was in Houston of all places. Um, it's it's been brutal everywhere else he goes. Guess what I did? I'm you, rolling with Stripling. Let's do this. I'm rooting for you as a Giants fan. Trust me, I'm rooting for you. It'll be in the desert, so we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, tough one there. All right, let's talk the flip side of the situation, guys. That could be quote unquote maybe getting lucky, overachieving per se. And this is a great one because I, in like the discords I'm in and some other stuff I've been saying, guys, like the story was great in spring training with Graham Ashcraft. It was fun. But if you watch what he's doing on the mound, this is not sustainable. Way too much contact. He's going deep into the games because he's not like getting a ton of strikeouts. It's like three, 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 four, four in his last five starts. That is not what you want. Tons of walks. And it finally came to fruition in Great American Small Park against Chicago White Sox. We're in an Indian two thirds. Eight earned, only oh. one home run. That tells you how much he's getting hit around. Two walks. Um, he's got a 3.82 ERA with a 4.5 xFIP, 2.73 BABIP, 73% left on base. Only a seven home run to fly ball, which is impressive because he's only got two home runs so far, which is impressive. But here's the one that I had circled and I've been preaching this whole time because I don't like pitch to contact guys, especially Great American Small Park. 7.4K to walk. That will not cut it, folks. I don't care. He could pitch in he could pitch in Grand the Grand Canyon and a 7.4 will not work for you. So what's your thoughts on Graham Ashcraft? Because some people are super high on him. I ain't seeing it. Yeah, his last five starts, max uh strikeout of four in those games. Didn't reach hasn't reached double digit whiffs in any of his last five starts. Like, yeah, regression came. Regression came really, really promptly with that eight earned runs um yeah you tack on the mediocre skills with that park and the team context it's uh yeah i'm i'm not um i don't think like yes he won't give up eight runs every single time but i don't think uh i don't think that was just a blip his last uh, ashcraft's last outing against chicago um i i'm not trusting really at all those first seven outings when he had two earned runs or less yep i am with you on that one Let's talk a guy that I am having issues with in Dustin May. This is a five. I wrote him up. Yeah. For the, uh, I wrote him up for the uh, HQ matchups coming out Friday because he's got another matchup versus the Padres. And his last outing was against the Padres. Six shutout, 
uh, three hits, one walk, six Ks. That's great. We haven't seen a whole lot of that from Dustin May. Uh, I just, I don't know. Even since he got called up a couple years ago, he's either walk things. He's not striking out as many guys as you think he should. He's a great gift. I'll give him that awesome hair. I wouldn't know, but awesome hair. Um, two six eight ERA, one nine eight BABIP, um, but an eight point nine percent K to walk. So what are you doing with Dustin Makes? I'm still not seeing this elite type pitcher everyone's preaching about. It's yeah, he's like an enigma, man. He's like a he's like a case study, like a test hash test dummy. Because the stuff is the stuff and the stuff looks good and the stuff quantifies well um, as well. If you look at some of those models, there's no swing and miss this year. There's no strikeouts. Uh, Dustin May has given up one home run and doesn't really even have a high ground ball rate. Um, So it's just like this is one and has one of the most fortunate BABIPs in all of baseball. Um, So like this is one I will say is luck. I think Dustin may has been extremely lucky to get where he's at. Um, this is another one. I talked about it with sale, but Dustin may's never pitched over 60 innings in a major league season before. If I'm in a trading league, I'm doing pretty much anything I can to sell and trade Dustin may for what I can get for him. And maybe that sounds a little bit harsh, like you're not just going to give him away, uh, of course, but like, if you can sell him for, I don't know, 80 cents on the dollar of what he's actually done so far this year in that email, send it, put a couple gifts in there and maybe that helps. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to trade him at all costs right now. Yeah, and that's my thing is like, yeah, he's fun and he does his thing, but fun's not a stat category in Roto. So I'm, I'm having a tough time with that. And yeah, it's, I feel like there's going to be some blowups coming when the Babbitt regresses and it's not going to be pretty, like not pretty at all. So Hold, across your fingers on that one. Another one I want to ask about, and it's, it's been well documented if you listen to enough podcasts, read enough articles around fantasy baseball, it's Josiah Gray's turnaround this season. It's been the pitch mix change, you know, less fastballs, more of his off speed when he's throwing the fastball, he's locating it in a better spot, like so on and so forth. But the reason I ask is because he comes up on the list for one, but, you know, a 296 ERA, 289 Babbitt, still pretty darn low, uh, 86% left on base, is, it's not bad. The home run to fly balls down way low. He used to be a home run to give up machine, like home run derby style, but only a 10.8K to walk with a 4.79 XFIP. And that's my thing. When I'm watching him pitch, it's like he's getting the job done, but it's not like Ashcraft where he's just kind of sneaking by. He's doing better than Ashcraft. But there's moments where you're just like, this feels like this feels like Mitch Keller like a year or two ago when he thought he was going to be good, and then it finally unraveled. That's what this feels like. And I wouldn't put it past, so I agree, and I wouldn't put it past – Josiah Gray following that Mitch Keller path in like two or three years where he's actually breaking out and, and, and looking really good. It's not this year. It's just not like Josiah Gray last year, he led baseball in walks and home runs. So like, yes, you're going to try and switch things up. We mentioned the pitch mix change in that, but like, it is easy to kind of fall into the trap of, yeah, pitch mix change, 296 ERA, like, everything looks great for Josiah Gray. You tack on the pot prospect pedigree and like it's there. Um, the problem for me is the control. The walks are still there. The team context is terrible. Like, I don't think this is the breakout that uh, um, you might want to believe from a, from a top prospect um, who switched things up and has a sub three. ERA. It's just, 
I, I think the home runs are going to come back and the control, like until, until Josiah Gray starts not walking guys, he's got in his last five starts, Josiah Gray has four walks, one walk, three, two, and then four. It's just consistent. It's not like he had one or two bad days where that's propping up the walk rate. Um, he's never really been able to throw strikes. That's going to continue to be an issue for, uh, for Josiah. Yep. That's why I just want to bring him up because there's a lot of optimism on him right now and I get it. It's been a big improvement, but yeah, what made him a a very enticing back in the day was his ability to strike people out. And so we need to get back to that without the home runs and walk part. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, Anybody else you want to hit on this list? Like Tyler Miguel was interesting. He's actually on this list, even though he's kind of not been good. It feels like Um, Cal Quantrill doing Cal Quantrill things. Anybody else you'd like to discuss? Not really. I'm just amazed at how uh, fortunate Yanni Chirinos has been. I'm trying to look this up on the fly. Guys who have had, there's only been in the last like 10 years, uh, guys with over 100 innings who have more walks than strikeouts. If I lower that to like 50, um, wow. Uh, Jonathan Sanchez. Wow. Sean O'Sullivan. Uh, Daniel Bard back when he was bad. There, there's been one guy with a sub 350 ERA over the last, I think, 12 years is what I've got here. Um, sub 350 ERA with more walks and strikeouts. And that man is Jared Kosart. Remember him? Jared Kosart. Talk about flash from the past. Holy crikeys. Oh. That's, I don't a, know. List. I was just, That's yeah, a list. That's a list. I don't know if it's a great. I mean, there's some list. legends on this thing. Keichel's on here. Tyler Chatwood's on hill on here. Um, Good God. Dontra Willis is on here. Who else? The we D train. Jake Westbrook, Chichi Gonzalez. It's a crew. Oh, it's quite the list. <laughs> quite the list. It's not a list you want to be on. No, not at all. Uh, it's got a couple of listener questions here. We already hit on a few of them, so I'll just read them to give them their due. Mentioned Ben Tid, our buddy. He said, is Singer worth the guy or worth the gray hair? Here's what I tweeted about him earlier today. I feel like he's still a hole in 15s and only because replacement value is non existent. Kind of what we talked about. And yeah, we kind of agree, unfortunately. Ben, uh, wake up says, Singer does not look unlucky to me. The changeup is roto garbage. Nobody is chasing anymore. Lots of meatballs when they swing in the zone. Lots of line drives and barrels. His only decent pitch has been the slider, and that hasn't been great. We agree. We completely agree. Not a, not a fan. Roto garbage. I gotta. That's that. a good one. Yeah, roto garbage is. It uh, needs to be in one of your next, uh, your next forecaster articles. That that'd be a good one. Uh, Rand Simon says, "Is it time to drop Lance Lynn in main events, or just bench him for now and hope he turns it around?" You're starting him next week in his two steps. That's what you're doing. Unfortunately, <laughs> stay on the Lynn train, or, yeah. or at least stay on the train with me as it falls. I'll be there too. Over we're, we're rolling. We're rolling. Uh, our buddy Corbin Young asked, Lance Lynn equals poor luck, good skills, bye. He agrees. Funny go. because I wrote up, and he goes, funny, I wrote up about Josiah and Ashcraft in a recent Arsenal report too. Always loved Gray and loved to see it. So the Arsenal report, it has changed, as we talked about, but is it sustainable for the success we're looking for? That is the question. Uh, Joe G says, small sample size, but there we go. But Bayo has looked good. All right, let's talk about Brian, Brian Bayo. And it's funny it's Bayo because he's my bay sometimes. So uh, I had to use it. I thought about that the second he tweeted it to us. Um, this, we talked about a little before the show. First off, I've been about it before. The fact they started him in a rain game on an early Monday during the marathon is absolute garbage. And his first start off the IL, the team should be fine for that. 
But uh, and since then, though, three earned runs or less in every start. Um, been very effective. His last three starts, five or more Ks. I'm a believer. But what are you seeing if you look at Brian Bayo? I'm a believer too. I think this. I think this is a case where you can. So yes, the start happened, but I think you can pretty much throw that away. They, I mean, he was hurt to start the season. Like I think you can weigh the recent results of what we've seen from Brian Bayo um, over what we saw earlier in the season. And what I'm seeing is. You know, not the like, I guess, well, he did have 16 whiffs. Jeez, at Atlanta, his last start. Um, it's really well in Atlanta, of all places, too. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Brian Bayo hasn't given up more than two walks in a single start. The biggest thing with me for Brian Bayo is a 63% ground ball rate. And I think if I had to go back and like draft my rotation, uh, this year, I would just go with all extreme ground ball guys. These guys are all excelling. Um, to put some names to that, just because I love putting lists, we've got seven guys with um, 30 innings and a 55% ground ball rate this year. It's Bryce Elder, 174 ERA, Alex Cobb, 2 ERA, Stroman, 228, Framber, 238, Zach Eflin, 291, your boy Logan Webb, 346. Then you got Brad Keller. We won't talk about the seventh one, but that's six pretty good guys. And then you throw uh ground ball right into the sixties. I mean, that's, that's Framber territory. Yeah. And if you can do that plus not cause you, there will be innings with all those ground balls. You get a couple seeing eye singles, but if you're not walking guys um, on top of that, like Brian Bayo, this is, this is a combination you want to see, especially I mean, when the results do not show it, a 501 ERA, that 159 whip, like the BABIP's out of control. Well, so this is uh, yeah, this is he looks this good. is fun. this is fun with small samples. You take that BS first start out, so now it's just four starts. After that, three four eight ERA, three four two xFIP. Uh, he's given one home run in each start, but 19 Ks in 20 and two thirds. Uh, you look even deeper, so it's like a 15 percent K to walk. But you mentioned it, 65.6 percent ground ball rate. Um, it's it's even 11% swinging strike still. Like you said, the 15% at Atlanta you mentioned, it's just pretty wild seeing what he does. And you look at the ground ball, it's he had an 82% ground ball rate in Atlanta, 53 against Toronto, 58 against Cleveland, and 67 against Milwaukee. Yeah. The dude's good. The dude's good. He's going to have hiccups. He's young. But, yeah, it's just the same thing that almost happened to him last year. We talked about it. Then he went back to the minors for like two weeks and came back and dealt to finish the season out. Kid's going to be fine. Grab him if you can. Cujo, he mentioned that Miguel being above average is wild. It is wild. I'm just going to say it is because I don't believe it. Uh, CJ Baseball. Hey, guys. In my AL 12-team Roto redraft, I was offered the following. AL, AL only. We're going deep. He was offered – or he, he was offered Corey Seager, Alex Bregman, Masataka Yoshida, and Hunter Brown. So those four. He'd be giving up Boba Shett, Matt Chapman, Chris Sale. I'm saying no right now. Yeah, I'm saying no too. Like you have probably one of the best shortstops in AL only formats and the best third baseman in AL only formats. Yeah, I mean last last week's episode was the Matt Chapman episode. So um Yeah, I can't do it. Yeah, I can't do it. Can't do it. Um, I have this I have a good friend of yours. Uh Roger Bloomfield has a couple questions. Uh oh. Um he says, any comments on the Rodriguez is, quote, unquote, the S part. What's wrong with Julio? J-Rod, he got, he got moved down to the sixth spot in the order. He so did. So to kind of get his mind right. So he wants to know about Julio, and should we look to buy on Grayson Rodriguez? 
and uh, Grayson, I would say no, unless it's a keeper league and you can play the long game there. Um, it just looked it looked rough. Um, not much going to get better. The J Rod thing is, yeah, it's really interesting because we forget how bad he was. J Rod was last year to start. Um, I want to say it was Ryan Divish who actually compared Julio's first like 33, 34 games um, last year to what he's done so far this year. And it's not like that far apart. I've got it here. First 34 games last year for Julio hit 264, 10 steals, uh, two home runs. This year, uh, Julio's first 34 games, 204, which is the which is the issue, 204 batting average, six homers, six steals. So, like, he's not that far off from what he did last year. Yes, the batting average is a big issue, but the Ks are roughly. I mean, the K rates, the strikeout rates up a little bit, striking out a little bit more. Um, he's been. We're talking about Babbitt a lot, but Julio's been pretty unlucky so far um at hq we've got an expected batting average uh closer to 240 which again isn't like fantastic but um i'm I'm not concerned really at all about julio and really like i mean what can you do about it you're just gonna yeah you drafted him with one of the top picks you're you're playing him and hoping he gets it going yeah Uh, and you said no no on grayson grayson's an interesting one to me like i don't disagree with you the walks are the issue pretty clearly and the home runs got five homers the last two games so there's like signs of goodness but i'm not there yet when it comes to grayson rodriguez given 508 era 354 xfip if you want to look at that he's got a 360 babbit he missed just missed your lips apparently like he's he's got to be pretty close to that uh unlucky parallel yeah, that does. we've been looking at hasn't um, hasn't pitched six innings in a game yet yeah which is also a happen. problem so he's got to be uh, more efficient too it last the last game, the one he got shell or got beat around by Tampa Bay, is the only time he threw over a uh, hundred pitches. He's got ninety nine and a hundred twice in total. Yeah, so yeah, got a ways to go for the, the young man. But we will wrap it up there. Another episode of Bub and the Bloom in the books. Another fun board. Lucky, unlucky starting pitching. We got new rules to our game as it just keeps evolving throughout the years. And then we have a we got more prospects, more prospect stuff coming up this weekend. So. Final thoughts as we head into the weekend of action. It's just just preparing myself for the Lance Lynn two step. It's all about yeah, all I can that's do. That's why point. when you were talking, I was just for fun. I wanted to look and see who it was, and I started laughing. I'm like, holy crap! Like, there's no way you can't even avoid it. You can't even avoid it. It's like, yeah, it's gonna be glorious. Nightmares all weekend about that. But yep, it's gonna be oh, glorious. Well. Yep, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. I hope he deals and just shuts all the haters up. That'll be great. If not, my nice. If not my Twitter's at BDentric, you can find me there. Uh, you can find Ryan on Twitter at RyanBHQ, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod. We'll be back with you guys next week with more fantasy baseball nonsense, goodness, however you want to say it. But this was Bubba and the Bloom episode 56. And don't forget, Jake and Cole, not related. Catch you guys next time. to 25 times your money this football season test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry it's as easy as that 
If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100 that's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100 prizepicks daily fantasy sports made easy